This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Watching Lester Till I Die TV. that i'm only small let me uh ah, there i go how quick it is to make myself big <laughs> the missus always used to say it was very very easy how are you doing welcome along it's monday night after uh the day before another 4-1 it's becoming a bit i mean 
I was getting used to two ones. Maybe we should start getting used to um, four ones. Um, but look, hey, it's great news. Top of the league, uh, men and women, can I just add? Uh, it's a bit of a, bit of a piss take, this championship, isn't it? Let's not get too cocky, but let's enjoy it. Look, we had literally 18 months, nearly two years um, of of misery, of losing. Uh, just enjoy it for what it is. And if we end up finishing sixth or seventh and not going up, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the ride because we're actually winning games. Uh, I'm going to say hello to Gray. I don't know if Gray will be joining us or not. Um, he's in the chat, which is what he thought I meant. You're welcome to come on, Gray, if you want to. Uh, I'll leave that up to you, mate. You don't have to come on cam, but I'll leave that up to you. Um, yeah, great. I had to read that twice then. Yeah, great day for both sexes. Definitely, definitely indeed. Although, having said that, these days there's about 56 sexes, isn't there? So I don't know, <laughs> don't know where it ends, to be honest with you. And look, I'm going to mention this, otherwise Luke's just going to fill the chat up with it. He's got tickets to see Northampton away at Burton. Enjoy it, mate. Uh, I've got all four of your messages about it, but I'm not going to put them all up. But uh, well done. Enjoy yourself. I uh, hope you have a good match. Uh, but like we say, good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello. Welcome along to LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Uh, we are all over social media, which you can catch us uh, along the bottom there. I'm using my own finger today because obviously ever since Brad used his finger, I've not been able to sit properly. But uh, that's where you can find us, either as Leicester Till I Die TV or LTID TV, one or t'other. Um, we haven't got two people joining us this evening. Um, I know I've only got three uh, <laughs> guests that come on on a Monday. Two of them can't make it. Uh, unfortunately, this one could. Let's say hello to Brad. How the devil are you, sir? See you later. I'm off after that insult. <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. I hope you're all well. Yes, I'm all, I'm all right, mate. I'm sorry everybody stuck with me, but they have to get used to my, my, my ugly mug. Mate, look, do you know what I mean? Don't, like I did say, Kate would be our love child if there was such a thing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what she looks like with the beard? Anyway, uh, no, <laughs> Kate is not well. She caught the uh, the, the uh, Blackburn bug at the weekend. Yeah, she probably, uh, she probably ate some dodgy pie from there. So Probably, probably. She didn't look too well on the day, did she, to be honest with you? Um <laughs> So, so we're Kateless, and we're also Daveless. He's been uh, he's been abducted by Eagle Piggle, and he is babysitting his beautiful granddaughter tonight. So he won't uh, he won't be with us. Although, having said that, some would say get the granddaughter on might talk more sense. <laughs> I never <laughs> said that. I never said that, David. Um, Brad, I think Eagle, Pig I think Eagle Piggle speaks more sense, and he doesn't speak. <laughs> exactly. Uh, evening, Brad says Gray. Um, oh no, Blackburn COVID is catching. Uh, Nate says good evening to Brad and Chris as well. Good evening, Nate. How the evening, devil are you, sir? Uh, can I just say, uh, if anybody wants to come on at any time, if you are a member and it's like Gray is, it's only one ninety nine uh, a calendar month, so just twelve times a year, one ninety nine. Uh, you become a Fox member, and there's what there's well, it's on the YouTube channel, it tells you everything that's included. But one of the things that you do get the opportunity to do is to come on, which is what Luke did. And now Luke's one of our regular presenters, isn't he? 
That is very true. Yeah, he is. Even if he is all the way in odds, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the joys of being a member. If you if you pay the low low price of one ninety nine, you get to become a member. You do. So uh, and you get to enjoy. You know, get get, get your perspectives on it. Get his on involved in the show and uh, yeah, and uh, and help support the channel. Uh, and you don't have to uh, come on camera. Uh, the only time we ask you to come on camera is if it's a quiz, and that's just for obvious reasons. But apart from that, if you do have trouble with technology, uh, I'm sure Brad and me will, you know, we're pretty enough for you all. Um, and as Gray says there, thank you very much, Gray. Absolutely worth every penny. Um, right. Get your comments in. We will not be referring to them all because we're going to go through an agenda. But at the end, there will be a section when uh, any comments or questions that you've asked the panel, as tonight is just me and Brad, we will try and answer for you quickly at the end. So if we ignore them straight away, don't panic. It just means that we're saving it uh, till the end. And uh, if I'm looking a little bit distracted, just before I uh, came live, I decided to um, spill my tea everywhere. So... Uh, not, not only have I got a drawer full of tea inside all my pens, I've only got half a cup, so I might need to do it out later. But Brad, look, let's let's talk women. And to be honest with you, there's a lot worse topics I'd like to talk about. Um, but we'll talk women. Uh, of course, you did the, the roundup um, yesterday. Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did. For the WSL. Um, but, oops, let me get the right one up. First of all, let's have a look at this young lady um, signing a new contract. Two-year contract, is it? Yeah, she signed a new two-year contract. Uh, she played a part in yesterday's uh, game as the WSL kicked off. And, uh, well, I know we're going to talk about it, but anything the men can do, the women can do just as well, if not better, because uh, they got to score I did. Written down. <laughs> yeah, oh, I see, see. It's like it's like we know each other too well, mate. It is. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, uh, tell, tell me about it, because I, I mean, I don't, I've got to be honest with you, I know nothing about her. Um, so tell, tell, tell oh. us about Sam. Yeah, so Sam's uh, a long-stay Leicester player. She was, she's been a part of the squad for a while now. Um, she started started on the bench, I think, yesterday. I only got to see the second half, as, as you know, because the yeah. men's game somewhat clashed with it. But she's a long-stay player. She's been uh, highly thought of by Leicester fans that go and watch the game. And she works so hard. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see her come on yesterday and be a part of the first game of the season she's she's helped us through the underdogs you know the two seasons where Leicester were backs to the wall a lot of experience came in after a big clear out for the women so she's one of a few survivors from last season CJ Bott is another one and obviously a few loanies we helped make permanent as well from last season but you know it's just testament to her ability as a, a, a as a footballer because out of the mass clear out of of very regular name to have helped us get to the WSL and, and beyond. She's managed to impress Willie Kirk enough to get a two-year extension, and she fully deserves it because she's a fantastic woman and a fantastic player. And um, like you say, it, it was it was a great win uh, yesterday. We went one nil down, which was a bit worrying to a newly promoted team. That yes. said, that said, um, we came back. As, it was one one, I think, while we were still on air. Um, and that's why we didn't sort of do, do, do a watch along or anything. Uh, but we got back a 4 2 
we can't well i'm gonna say drubbing yeah it was it was actually a day of um uh, of of, of debuts wasn't it because yeah. the goal scorer for bristol city uh carrie jones was actually on loan with us last season she was one of the players that willie kirk brought in so we knew what to expect from her but Oh my, I, I implore anybody to go and look for the highlights and watch the game back because Amy Palmer struck an absolute peach into the perfectly into the side netting to get us uh, back level. And then a bit like Leicester, they were slow starting in the game, Chris. I mean, if you go and, if you go and check out our sister channel, LTIDV2, you'll get a more in-depth post-match. But slow start. Went 1-0 down, a rocket got us level, and then by the 51st minute, Leicester had made it 3-1, Chris, and it was it was game over. And you know how they say in football, things can be contagious. Mm. Well, if you think the men and women can't play the same style and the standard, the women were aggressive, they were passion, passing the ball around, they were patient with the build-up, they, you know, they weren't you know going forward for the sake of it. They were very patient. They were almost Enzo-esque. Would I dare I say it with how they played the football? And then they got a fourth in the 82nd minute, another debut goal uh, to, to make it 4 1. And then, unfortunately, a silly penalty was given away um, that Leipzig, she went the right way, but she couldn't, it was a good penalty. But in the end, it, it counted for nothing. And the, and the women held on. And just like the men, Chris, sat at the top of the league, it's a good feeling, isn't it? It is, it is, like, you know, like you said earlier, pinching my line, anything the men can do, the women can do uh, just as well. Let me reword that. I mean, look, this is our third season in the Premier Women's Super League. Um, and I'm not going to read that, but welcome along, Ant, but I'm not going to read that out. Um, we've, you know, we, 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 we finished 11th, we finished 10th for the previous two seasons. I mean, I would have been happy with Knights this season, but unless they got carried away, it's one game after all, isn't it? But uh, can we do better than Knights? I think we can. And the reason I say that, it isn't just because you know, we've improved on season of the season, but this season was a massive rebuild. Kind of like it was even bigger than what Enzo's had to deal with at um, uh, with, 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 with the first team because they've had to kind of say, look, Survival's great, and obviously that's the main objective. As long as you finish 11th or higher, you're safe because it's a 12. If it's a 12-team division, yeah. uh, for those that may not know, it's not a it's Scottish League division standard in terms of how many are in it. Um, better quality though. Um, and Leicester, one thing that they lacked last season was creativity. They lacked creativity and maybe that little bit of expertise. And this season, Willie Kirk has been trusted to rebuild the squad, and he's done a fantastic job. Kainman, the, uh, the Belgian, she's 34. She's playing at Lyon. She's got great experience in the, in, in the Champions League. Uh, Peterman, she's come with bags of experience. Um, I can't pronounce her name without looking at my notes, but the Finnish international, uh, Rankinen, I, I've butchered that name. I know I have without looking at my notes. But he's packed us full of experienced players, players that are used to this challenge, whether it's been in WSL or the French leagues, or, or elsewhere, they're, they're more experienced. For the greatest of respect to some of the girls that we let go this season, we've got a competitive squad, and we're already getting compared to the likes of Aston Villa, who last season really went hammer and tongue. I think they finished six. I'm not sure if that qualified them for a European spot. If not, they were just outside it. Now, I'm not saying Leicester are going to push for Europe, 
but they could finish around eighth, seventh, sixth. I reckon somewhere in that bracket, they really could push on with it with the experience they brought in. I mean, Regina Leipzig, Chris, made the most saves and she was only at the club for half a season. She'll be glad that she only had a couple of saves to make in the first couple of, in the first game. So, yeah, I don't see why we can't push on and finish even higher this season. I mean, when when you look at it, um, I mean, we've got to remember it was Bristol City had only just got promoted, and I'm not dissing them in any way, but you would look at that on paper and think we should be winning that game, um, and. Knowing the fact that we've only just survived for the past two seasons, I wasn't surprised when we were 1-0 down. I thought, here we go again. Uh, but we can't get too excited. But, I mean, you know, you look at the teams that have sort of... Well, everybody's played one game. Um, West Ham, you don't expect to be down there. Arsenal, you certainly don't expect to be down there. Um, yeah, the Arsenal West- suffered a shock defeat. They yeah. lost. Um, and Man City were playing West Ham and only just escaped past them as well. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Liverpool managed to, to uh, win. Now, whether that was with VAR or not, I don't know. Oops, did no, I no. <laughs> no VAR in the WSL, but that was that they did beat Arsenal. So again, they only came up the season before and stayed yeah. up comfortably. So yeah, what a shame about Liverpool, isn't it? Really, I know, right? I mean, obviously, we're not going to stay there. You got Man City, uh, you got Chelsea. Uh, it's a good start. That's all I'll say. That's all yeah, right. and, and they're at home against Everton on Sunday as well. So if you mm. if you're down there and you want to go and see them play and you're getting interested in the women's game, King Power's the home. King Power's the place for it. Sunday they've got Everton, who suffered a defeat to Brighton, in, who are a third in the league. So mm. look, who knows, Chris? They might, you know, if they can win, they can they can probably stay top for at least another week. That'd be a great start. Leicester have never been top of this division, so. Um, Make the most of it while we can. Been there two weeks would be good. Are you able to do a watch along, or are you doing a watch along for the Everton game? Um, yeah, uh, I should be able to sort it out. Um, as you know, I don't have a laptop at the moment, but I'm hoping I can download um the the FM player on my Xbox and watch it that way. So if I can, fingers crossed, I can. I'll find a way to watch it and, and bring it to you live. Well, we will speak between now and then. Uh, oh, then. we speak, anyway, Of course, we, you know, there's not a day I talk to you more than I talk to me, uh, to my own son. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, we, we covered it in full because we do on the, the match day live. It's pre-watch along post. It's the, it's the whole thing all in one show. Um, but, I mean, how how good are we feeling? I mean, Going up Leicester City playing football the Enzo way. I mean, we're all. I mean, I'm eating humble pie. I mean, what what a performance! It really was, and you know the scoreline was one of them where again Leicester weren't in. Yeah, you know, Leicester really didn't go through the gears too much. It was actually credit to Blackburn for a bit, a little bit of a struggle. You know, we were penned back; they were in the ascendancy, but. Leicester City under Enzo just find a way to win. And, you know, we, we said this, um, I think you said this on the last Monday show, didn't you? You brought up the fixtures we had, or maybe it was the one before, I think, actually. And it was Southampton, Norwich, Bristol and Blackburn. And we all said, you asked us all and people in the comments how many points we get. And I think people were saying 10 points, you know, 
12 if we're lucky, but 10, 9, you know, we were probably looking at our away games because we played three away and, and, and one at home that we might lose or draw one of them. But the fact that we came through them so convincingly just shows you how strong we are. And you cannot relent against us because in a blink of an eye, mm. I think it was funny that about two minutes before we retook the lead through um, Jamie Vardy, who I know we're going to talk about later, um, we were down on possession. They were creating a better chances. And just as we gained control, Chris, I don't know if you saw it, but the percentage bar came up and Leicester had completely flipped the percentage in their favour. And then the ball was played to Ndidi half a second later and we yeah. took the lead. So it just shows once we get our teeth into a side, we don't let go. It's like a dog with a ball. I wonder what you're going to say then. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did indeed. Uh, and... I mean, how long can we keep this up for? I mean, I was literally watching a show before I came live and they were talking about uh, the three promoted teams and they were looking at Burnley last season. I mean, mm. at this point, I think Burnley was sat in six or even even lower at this point mm. and they'd only got something like five points. Uh, it is scary what this team could achieve. Yeah, it is. And you ask how long it go on for. I know we're so used to kind of waiting for it to blow up in our faces and start going wrong. Um, but honestly, look, clip it and, 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 and call me back later if it all does go wrong here. There is no reason this can't continue for the whole of the season. And I'm not saying winning every game, but no. I'm saying that we might we're, we're going to have the odd hook. We're going to eventually, you'd assume, draw a game, although it's very nice to know that, you know, these, this many games in, we've not drawn one yet. We've, you know, that we are going to have moments. But I think for the majority of this season, there's no reason why Leicester won't come out victorious throughout their season in the games. And and, and honestly, I, I know it's, I know, I know it's only nine games into the season, but I feel like we're one of the most best prepared teams probably since when Newcastle had that little yo-yo stint when they kind of were too good to stay in the championship but not quite good enough. I think we'll be even better than that Newcastle era where they were storming the championship and then struggling a bit. I think we've got the the ability to go through this season really strong yeah. and keep being strong throughout. We're going to say good evening to Anne. Oh, God, sorry. That hideous face came on screen. I didn't realise. Uh, a bit early for Halloween, aren't we? I <laughs> know. Uh, I keep my mask on all year round, though, mate. <laughs> How are you doing, mate? So, mate, uh, Leicester City women top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, just so everyone gets reference, I sent a message to Chris saying, uh, he asked me, do I fancy popping on when I put a message in the chat saying, I can do, but I, uh, I'm not clued up on the Leicester City women. So he goes, we'll be moving on the subject in a second anyway. Here we are. <laughs> Brilliant to see it. That's the end of my analysis for that one. <laughs> Best analysis you've given, mate. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest you've ever given. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you go to the game on Sunday? No, and it's frustrating reason why. I was meant to go. Had my mm. car booked in for an MOT on Friday. Got the email confirmed. Uh, got a text confirming my car was booked in for an MOT. Take my car to the MOT. Okay, we haven't got you booked in. Oh. oh, you are you are joking? But I've got my car back now. But yeah. I just I was fuming at the weekend. Absolutely 
But you watched it, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. Yeah. I watched it. How, I mean, I just asked Brad, I mean, it's great this winning feeling, isn't it? I mean, you know, if only we'd got Big Sam in, you know, who knows where what where we could be. But look, all joking aside, I mean, can, can we carry this on all season, do you think? No, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I just don't think any team can sustain winning one out, uh, sorry, losing one game out of nine all year. Like, I think what would that work out as, as losing four games all year? It's mm. like, maybe we do, brilliant. And I don't know, I still we won the Premier League losing only three, didn't we? We did, but I think it's different league, isn't it? And I know what we did in the Premier League was fantastic, and but such an anomaly. And also, when you look in the Championship, I don't think winners normally still lose more games than that, but they'll be like as fantastic as we're doing at the moment. There will be blips throughout on the road and or sorry throughout the season, but ultimately there's no reason we shouldn't be a Premier League club come next year. Like yeah. we've got we've got the players, we've got the manager, we've got sort of all the resources to do it. So I know I'm almost sort of playing with fire saying this. I think if we don't get don't go up this year, something has seriously gone wrong. Well, we, I could just say, I don't know if you heard me saying then, I was just watching uh, a video on YouTube and I thought, I'll stop watching that, it's porn, I'll watch football instead. And I was telling <laughs> about, uh, about Burnley last season and uh, they weren't this good at this stage. But Brad, I mean, when we look at Burnley, and that I suppose is good, we're going to get compared, the, if we carry this on, it's going to be, we're going to be compared to Burnley, 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 but look at where they are this season, alright, they've, they've not had the easiest of starts, but you know, up until, well, Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, three of the bottom four. Yeah, and, and that's usually the case, I know I've not had the nicest of things to say about this championship, and I've never meant it in a bad way, I've not come out here slagging left, right, centre, I've just given my honest opinion on the majority of the teams in this league, I'm not along with you, I have, All right, but I've meant it in a nicer way, just to analyse it more than anything, mm. but the difference between us and Burnley, straight up, is the obvious one, look at the quality we've brought in. I'm not saying Burnley didn't buy quality. I'm not saying that, but we've we've managed to ascertain a couple of Premier League players to the Championship. We managed to lure the likes of Harry Winks and Connor Cody to the Championship. Two players that I feel could have easily gone to a mid-table Premier League side and been rotation players or even starters with Cody probably and chose to come here. And And if you get this team... That looks fired, ready, full of confidence. And we do go up, whether it's first or second. You know, hopefully that's the case. I'd rather it be that than the obvious route. Um, but if we go up full of momentum, playing the Enzo way, as the, as the fans say, and they keep developing, we will turn potential Premier League players into ready Premier League players. In, in the likes of Mavadidi, potentially, is the one I'm mainly looking at there. I know I can't really say that about Loneys because Loneys can come and go, as we know. But... Dewsbury Hall probably could use this season to really get his, his eye in, get his get his passing accuracy, get his head up would be a start sometimes with his, with his ability to not look up. But there's so much going right at this club that I really am excited for its near future. And a good point. And, and, and I mean, this team surely can only get better. I mean, it's a team that's only been together for nine 11 competitive games, if you include the Cups. Um, 
Yeah, and I, and I don't think we disgraced ourselves against Liverpool. Um, right, the, the result didn't go the way we wanted. But, yeah, we can we can be critical. And sometimes I think we probably, we're, we're over-critical on, on YouTube. But it's got to get better, this team, hasn't it? It has. And, like, the fact that we're saying that, and, like, we've had, what, nine, is it eight out of nine wins in the championship so far? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And one thing I'd like to say, you, we say this team's been together nine games in the league. It hasn't. It, like, deadline day was, what, yeah. five, six games into this where we signed a fair few players. We've still got Tom Cannon to come back. We've still got um, we've still got Sammy Braybrook, who's supposedly our best um, academy product, mm. to come back. Same with Will Alves. So there's no reason, like, <laughs> we shouldn't be excited. But one thing I'll say with big difference between ourselves and Burnley is you rightly mentioned the players that Burnley brought in, but the players that we held on to compared to the players mm. Burnley held on to are also a level above. Dewsbury Hall even now walks into that Burnley team. Um, mm. James Justin, like he was in the England squad not that long ago. Ricardo Pereira, like we've held on to players that are above the level of a lot of what you yeah. look at Luton and Sheffield um, United were even signing. Now they've gone back up. So the foundations are there. But how many times have you seen those cowboy builders that don't build on the foundations? We've got to make sure that these foundations are put into good use. Oh, no, indeed. Definitely. Um, the table there, Brad, um, got 24 <laughs> points. I mean, I, I've said, haven't I, like, you know, order Southampton. If we beat Southampton, you know, it, it shows how far we've come. Then we're talking about Norwich. We're talking about, you know, teams that have been around us. Um, all right, you know, Blackburn last season were, you know, just outside the playoffs on goal difference. Um, the biggest game of the season so far, would you say, though, on Wednesday night? I, I think in terms of what it can be potentially leading on to, I would agree with you because this is probably the point of the season now where it's, it's pivotal. Um, we've got October and November and we're already slowly, and I know it's minute, but you, like you said, Chris, you look at Preston in third, even if we beat them, they can't be caught, so they will still be third. We'd have, what, a seven-point gap? That's yeah. a big gap in this division and if you can keep slowly growing that a couple of points here and a couple more and all of a sudden that gets to about eight nine ten points by the time you get to december when them fixtures in december as we all know keep rolling and it feels like we're playing a game every 24 hours and they, they start merging into one if you've got a big lead between you know yourself and, and that playoff pack that's pivotal and if leicester can have got over that with the greatest respect to the rest of our opponents between now and then, you know, we've got through that hardship. We've got Preston, who's going to be difficult, but if we beat them, and I think we've got Stoke before the international break and then, and, yeah. and then Swansea afterwards, we've got a real opportunity to, and again, you don't win promotion before at Christmas, but real opportunity to put ourselves in a position where you're pretty much going, you're going to have to balls this up big style to not get automatic promotion. And I want to play devil's advocate with you here a little bit. Uh, you know me. Um, would it be... I mean, if, let's say we continue this form till the end of the season. And let's say we do only lose four or five uh, and, you know, we're promoted, you know, before Easter or whatever. Is that almost a bit sort of 
too good, if you like, because are we going to go up thinking maybe we're better than we actually are? Because that gulf, as we've said, between the Premier and the Championship, I would argue that it's necessarily getting bigger. But, you know, I mean, last season, all three promoted teams stayed up. But would it be, you know, would it make it more realistic if we if we, we, we didn't do so well? No. And I, what I think it does to me is it shows the fact that this squad should never have gone down in the first place, more than mm-hmm. any any reflection on sort of the future. It shows this squad or the squad that we had last year shouldn't have got down in got down anyway and like we all watched every game last year we know that on paper that team should never have got relegated on the football pitch we 110% deserve to be in the championship but I think if we bounce back and we do it in sort of record style which is being talked about at the moment it really emphasizes the point of everything we were saying last season of like we have got some serious talent here but like they're just not performing on the pitch so I think it's more, it it leaves more of a sour taste of last season than it will as the negative impact on the following season. Yeah, yeah. Um, next week it is international break. Um, so I am going to be doing actually a show because I feel so last season I was very, very critical of Top and the way that he'd been running the club and keeping an eye on it or, you know, people were, were keeping him informed. And I, I felt a lot, you know, he had to take his fair share of responsibility for going down. But flipping it on the other side then, Brad, this season, how much credit has he got to take for where we are now? I, th- I think he takes a lot of credit. Look, owner, manager, player, doesn't matter. They're all going to have their ups and downs. We're all going to have a gripe with them at some point. No matter how much we love them, we're going to have gripes with them. Whether they're underperforming on the pitch, whether we're not getting results and the tactics seem wrong, or whether we're having a disaster transfer window like we had this season. I think what's really good, and I touched on, on the point earlier, the fact that he knew what was ahead of him and he didn't panic, he didn't kind of keep us down that dark road he went right this needs to be bloody well fixed you know i'm trying not to swear because chris is chris is the swearing master (laughs) but you know we need to get this bloody sorted and this is on me this isn't on new manager because i've brought him in he's not a part of the reason it's not on the players anymore because you know you know they, they were told to do what they were told to do whether they did it right or not this is on me to fix I am backing this guy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna trust the process, as you, as, you, as Arteta would say. Here's the money. Sort it out. Get it. Get get your players in. I'm backing you with transfers. And he's done the right thing. And you look at the squad he's developing. You know, at, you you talked about potentially nailing promotion in the bag come come Easter. Mm. I know we've talked about this before, but we've got a couple of loanees that seem to be really impressing that he wants to get all their stipulations done as quick as possible, or, you know, all this 60% malarkey. We could start our business early as April in terms of going to the clubs they're, they're at, getting deals in. It shows the hunger and desire to not just build a squad to get us up, but build a squad that's ready to tackle the years ahead, whether that's keep going for promotion or get into the Premier League and keep us there. It's, it's such a good turnaround, and it shows us now that during the hard times, when the to- going gets tough, not only do we have an owner that loves the club and we love, but he knows how to get tough and get it sorted right. So all the credit goes to the top for how he's turned it around from where he where he had us last year. 
Would you agree, Ant? Yeah, I think um, like we were all right. I I don't want to say all, but a lot of us frustrated with top last year. But you, despite the fact it was so obvious Brendan Rodgers needed to go, top has always had the best interest of Leicester at heart. It's mm, just yeah. I don't think he quite has that ruthless size that his father had. But I would much rather have someone like Top who, and it, how mad does this seem to say? But like, yes, he's a billionaire, but he's not like a billion billionaire. But some of the top, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, the top. Uh, he's not struck oil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's he's like so invested in Leicester, and he's so sort of wants Leicester to do well. I'll have that any day over some like you see some of the clubs like Everton's owners are a, a, like a lot more wealthy than ours and look at the state of um, state that Everton are in. So I think top, yes, he's invested money into the club, but he's also done so much more than that. And it's like the care and the it's a and I think this is a Casper Schmeichel quote actually. It's a passion project for him as well. Mm. His name has eluded me, Brad. Um, the guy that always gets the blame for when we make bad signings. Oh, John Rudkin. John Rudkin. I mean, have we not got to, uh, you know, go and say, yeah, he's, he's done a fair job. He has. He does take the criticism, he, doesn't he? But hold on, haven't we brought in someone else to do that job in Martin Glover? Yeah, yeah we wasn't, have. Wasn't Martin Glover, we, he was the um, uh, transfer coach, head, you know, recruitment head. Where John Rudkin isn't he? Doesn't he more look after the contracts and everything? I think he's more the guy that sits in on the meetings. He's the one that kind of, you know, because no manager is, you know, I can imagine Enzo's a smooth, uh, Enzo's a smooth talker because obviously we know the Cassidy incident. He managed to convince him to come <coughs> join us over there. But in terms of negotiating fees and 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 structures of that you've got to give credit to Rudkin and I think there needs to be a bit of an understanding to John Rudkin's job because it's not just sitting in an office twiddling your thumbs and then do work in in June July and you know in August and then don't do anything again till till January he does a lot of other jobs in the club I mean he's he's high on the board as well he's always in them board meetings he's very well respected by top as well and I think the problem is I do feel a bit sorry for him because we love our owner so much and because until it went sour under Brendan, we actually loved our manager so much, you know, and we do now, that some Leicester fans or the majority of us or minority of them maybe kind of want, well, who can we blame now? You know, like we say about the left-back scenario, we always we always used to blame Chilwell when it went wrong, but I think we just wanted somebody to blame for, for it and, and realistically... It, it wasn't really John Rudkin couldn't do too much about some of the signings. That was really a hands up. Sorry, it's my problem from top. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I disagree to an extent, and like he is. Press the opinion is wrong button, Chris. Quick, quick. Press it. Press it. <laughs> uh, his, no, I'm interested to see this. <laughs> he is the director of football, uh, which is his role. So that is overseeing sort of all football operations. And when you've got players like Vestergaard on 70 grand a week, Bertrand on the money that he's on, that like that falls on his head. It's like you can't you can't say to him, Oh, you've signed Mares, Kante, etc. Absolutely brilliant. But then 
if he goes and does something on the flip side, it's like you're as culpable for one as you are the other. Well, what my point was is, yes, but he's taken the stick over the past few seasons. Should he now not necessarily take the credit, but at least be said, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's not all his fault when it goes wrong. No, I, I do agree to an extent, but what I do think is with the way that it's been, and this is very much sort of like re, like from the outside looking in, isn't it? But um, with the way that it seems that the transfers have been restructured, I think that Russell Martin and Matt New transfer team and committee are the ones that deserve the credit. But what I will mm. say that he deserves credit for is for how quickly James Madison, Harvey Barnes and players who didn't want to be here were moved on. Yeah, 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 yeah. did well with that. He did, he, he sorted it out early and moved us on. And appreciate that you've got to go at quarter two. So thanks for popping on. Really Absolutely, thanks for hopefully talk again soon. And give us a shout out to where people can find you. Uh, and Celeste, fan channel, uh, trying to do daily streams, shorts. Um, not like that, Chris, I, I swear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he knows you that well. <laughs> I wasn't going to say a word. Um, Match Dave logs and all of that good stuff, but yeah, thank you for having me, mate. Well, thanks for popping on. All the best, mate. Take care. Yeah, yeah. See you later, Ant. Bye. Thanks to Ant. He's off. He's off, to, he's off to go be a referee for AEW with that striped shirt of his. <laughs> I think so. Um, look, Andrew made this point earlier. I did star it, but while we're just talking about the game, uh, well, still talking about the game at the weekend, need to sort out this sloppy passing. Now, I want to quote you um, what Enzo has said today, Brad. Excuse me. Uh, Leicester... Are you going to do it in an Italian accent? <laughs> Leicester... No, I can't do an Italian accent. <laughs> uh, Lasagna, there we go. That's Italian for you. Uh, Leicester City goalkeeping Mads Hermanson will repeat the mistake he made at Blackburn, uh, but manager Enzo Marchese hopes the decide will push it off more easily next time. Having seen similar uh, similar errors from Premier League sides, Marquesa is certain the mistake will be made again next time he wants his team to not lose confidence. Look, I hate this playing out from the back, but, and I think it was a point, and I'm going to make you make a note of this and clip it if you want, something that you said was actually quite right a while ago. Oh, 41 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> when Mads was actually, because he did at times, go for long shots and, and mm. try and boot it upfield. And literally, it just came back to us. So it's not all... Yes, I suppose if you're 1-0 down with five minutes to go, I understand. But this moaning about playing out from the back is here to stay. Every team mm -hmm. is doing it. Pep's brought it with him and every team is now following that. And I've got to say that if it costs us one goal a game, if we're scoring four or five, I don't really give a shit. But when that ball was booted upfield, nine times out of ten, it was headed by a back catus by a Blackburn defender. Yeah, I do feel that sometimes it's necessary to go long. And the reason I say that is because when when we kind of did do it, it was be, it was to reset. It was Blackburn were kind of getting in behind a bit too easy. We were getting caught out on numbers and they were they were really pressing the point. So I don't mind, you know, just once every so often, kick it long, let us get our shape. That's when it's smart to go long. And, and, and you know, you never know, maybe Vardy wins a flick on, does the defender uh, and scores. It can work. Brilliant. But 
I think it's right. At the end of the day, no team's perfect. Edison's mucked yeah. up a pass out the back. Allison's mucked up a pass out the back for Liverpool. Um, you know, I'm you every know, I'm sure every team's yeah. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, it is the Marmite of football. Football evolves with its generations. And maybe in another generation's time, tippy-tappy play out the back won't be a thing. But right now, it is the core thing in football. So you have to kind of either green your teeth and bear it and accept it's going to come with mistakes. But I love what Enzo said there to, to kind of quote what he said. And in the fact is, he's basically saying, I'd rather them keep doing it and make the odd mistake that can cost us, and sometimes it's cost us, sometimes we've recovered, so it doesn't always result in a goal. We had it against Southampton where it nearly cost us, but the keeper made a great save and Winks recovered as well. So I'd, he'd rather them do it than not lose confidence, and 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 that for me is, is vital, that instead of berating the players and going, oh, why did you do that for me? Don't do that ever again. It's Don't worry about it. You see the players, they pat him on the back, don't worry, go on, next time. We'll do it right. I'll move the ball on quicker. That's on me. Don't worry about it. Mm. And look what happens. You know, we get it right. Like you said, we're going to score four. He's not throwing players under the bus because he's, you know, he's saying, look, I, I told him to do it. Way. Exactly. He, he's know? saying, look, that's not on me. I told him to do it. They're going to make yeah. mistakes. No team's perfect. Yeah. Like I said, and if you look at Blackburn as well, they did, they were playing out from the back more often yeah. than Every team is... I don't like it. I'm not comfy with it. Uh, I'm a lot comfier than I was last season. As Aaron said there, at least Mads can pass a ball unlike the uh, keepers we had in goal last season. Mm. Um, you know, he... It's gonna, it's, we're we're going to live with it. We've got to live yeah, with and, it. And, and, and cast your mind... Sorry to interrupt you there, Chris. But okay. I just... It's just... It's cut to my... Cast your minds back. I know, I know, Andrew, you're saying, oh, sloppy passes cut them out. But if you put the shoe on the other foot, didn't one of Leicester's goals against Southampton come from us pressing their back line and they're having a sloppy pass? Well, I don't want to put the shoe on the other foot because I wouldn't be able to kick the ball then, would I? Well, I can't kick the ball anyway. If I put my left <laughs> shoe on the right foot, it won't matter. I do know what you mean. I'm being facetious. Not like me, I know. Uh, yeah. But yes, you know, it, it, it will. Um, I want to quickly uh, pop onto this point, and I don't want it to sort of take over the whole show, but VAR, okay, look, it, it, it's been a bit of a cock-up at the weekend. Uh, <laughs> a, a, <laughs> to be put it politely, A, not talking to B, A, thinking that B's done something when B hasn't, and A, confirming uh, the wrong thing. Um, I've, I started off by saying at the weekend that this was probably the worst ref we've had all season. And then he goes and spots that penalty, hmm. which I wonder whether that would have been given in the Premier League, to be honest with you. Um, and I've got to say, I have to bite my tongue with referees here, because whilst I want to go, oh, for God's sake, what are you doing? Didn't you say that wasn't a foul, blah, blah, blah. I then see the Spurs-Liverpool game and what happened there. And I'm thinking, yeah, all right, carry on. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm quite happy that you're going to make, you know, human error. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's something that we were hoping was still going to stay in the game because mm. the initial way they tried to sell us VAR was um, clear and obvious was the only thing they were going to change. So human error could still account for things, but unless, unless it is, and it's like they said that, 
and then lied straight straight away because they've never used it just for clear and obvious. They've used it to nitpick at the tiniest little toe and thread of a boot to be offside. Yeah, you, you could you could you could be facing backwards and fart, but if the gas shows up on the heat map, it's gonna play you onside. It's ridiculous. Um and again, a sport that the sport is trying to pretend as if it's the first sport to ever use the technology when it's been around for donkey's years in essence to other sports it's ridiculous i'm glad we don't have it i'm going to be really sad when we go back up and we have it next season but hopefully by some miracle the the pgaol or whatever it is gets sacked and they actually get i i i still go back to the two points um and my son agrees with me so i must be right one is that you need to change the rules to adapt to VAR because it's trying to be too perfect at the moment and nothing is ever perfect. Uh, see, I think, I think it isn't designed to fit the rules because it isn't like any other sport, I don't think, like cricket or tennis. Um, so you need to change the rules to fit, to work with VAR. And you also need ex-professionals sat on the VAR camera because they know what... You know, if it's a handball, is it unnatural? Isn't it unnatural, etc. You know, so if you put your hand in front of your nuts because you know the ball's coming at you and it hits you, is that natural or unnatural? To me, it's natural. So I don't want my balls. I, I would honestly leave handballs to human error. I'd mm. leave handballs to human error because it's all about perception. Because one referee will give it, one referee wrote, and that that's what angers people. The inconsistency mm. with it. If but you take away in the championship though still won't we but yeah but at least at least we can't at least we go oh what you know we always find ourselves in football that it balances out doesn't it you know we probably got a few light decisions that weren't free kicks or weren't yellow cards so and you know we can accept that better than fans then you know like you said let's just say for instance i'm going to name a referee it wasn't ref anymore but say graham pole gives us that penalty against um against blackburn what if john moss because he always likes to be centre of attention. He goes, well, I'll, yeah, it is a shirt pull, but me, it's not enough for it. He shouldn't go down, no penalty. Again, it's just a, a, a matter of opinion, if you will, on, on, on your own perception. Keep them out of the VAR room, then. If they're that difficult for you to decide, keep mm. them out of VAR. But for me, I mean, I was all for VAR coming in, but I've got to be honest with you, I've totally flipped the other way now. And I think, look, you know, ref's got it wrong, but looking back, you kind of say, well, human error, and you kind mm. of live with that because you know that you'll probably get it back your way at mm. some other point. But, uh, but like, like yeah. I said, I don't want I don't want VAR to take over. But but we discussed this before. It's Halloween month. Uh, <laughs> it is the month of ghouls. Uh, Harold Shipman, I thought, had no longer worked for us, but apparently he's back. Is the curse of Seagrave back? Um, Doyle injured, McAteer pulls up with a hamstring. All right, I'm being again facetious with the um, uh, with the Seagrave curse or what have you. But is the squad? I mean, I don't think I think we had the squad to cover the illness, the injuries last season. It's just that Brendan didn't want to play those players. I think I think the difference is, and it's something we've noted a few times. Is yes, we had the deck, we had the the squad last season but with the greatest respect i don't think we had the quality in the squad whereas in, at least in this division it is looking like quite pale and obvious that we have not just the squad but we have the depth and quality as well to kind of 
look at an injury and not, not shrug it off as if it's nothing. Obviously, we gutted that McAteer, who mm. could be out for still up to six weeks, the updates come out too. We still haven't got any clearer yeah, news on that. Six weeks, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you asked my lovely opinion on the, on, on the match and I gave it. So I was spot on with that, wasn't I? I said somewhere mm. between six, six odd weeks. So, yeah, I know my stuff. Um, but it's nice to know that whilst McAteer might be missing for six weeks, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. You know, we've got Mavadidi, we've got we've got uh, Eunice, we've got Fatou, who have already shown and been able to showcase to us that they're going to be more than good enough to come in and do the roles that are necessary of them. Mm. And the same with Doyle. You know, Vestergaard, Sutar, Cody have even shown that they can do it. We knew Cody anyway because of his Everton uh, and his time at Wolves and whatnot. But, you know, we, they, they've got 90 minutes under the belt. Mm. Ricardo, Justin can go in there while phase. So we're, we're not panicking that, oh, my God, two injuries. We're, we're absolutely screwed. You know, we, we know we've got the quality on that bench to go, OK, not ideal, but we know we trust you to do a job and we know you can. We've got a team of uh, wingers this season, and like, we only had the one last season. Like bosses, mate. Like bosses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we hope both of them. Well, we know Doyle is out for a long time. He is actually staying with us, which um, is good. Of, well, a, it's good to Man City, I think, to allow that because it means that when he is better, he can come straight back to us. Well, um, when you've got one of the best training grounds in Europe, it's probably better for his recovery to be here, isn't it? Well, I don't know with our history there. <laughs> but no, fair play to Man City. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, uh, and we're paying him, obviously, while he's injured mm -hmm. as well. Uh, McAteer, uh, and I did mention this um, on, on Sunday, I think he would have stayed on under the previous incumbent of the manager's uh, dugout. Um, yeah. would like to take him off and not make it any worse. And the fact that he's so peed off at coming off, which was good to see. Um, but he was walking. But yeah, I think we've got we've got the quality to come in. Um, and, and talking of the quality to come in, Nate was asking, um, uh, um, saw the highlights but missed the game. How was Fatou overall? He was brilliant. You know, we talk. We've talked throughout our time since since the dawning of LTID TV. We have talked about how we've had to accept, whether we liked it or not, we had to accept that we had wingers during our time that didn't necessarily either weren't good enough to, to do the defending role, so they didn't chase back, or they just weren't that sort of player. You know, Maras wasn't the sort of player to track back. I know, I know, he got ingrained into him eventually, but he was. He's never really been a winger that came back. No, no. But Fatawu is a Duracell battery in disguise. I'm telling you this now because the guy was getting back. He was getting in the middle. He made two or three impressive blocks, Nate, uh, right out of position. But he, his blocks, he played the ball out to Ricardo and then got in front of Ricardo to put us on the front foot. For, for the 57 minutes he was on, I will say this, Nate, had he stayed on any longer, he would have been in contention for my man of the match. It's the fact that he came off so early in the second half... Um, that uh, that he couldn't be in contention for me. The only issue I have with Fatou, as you know, Chris, he's a little bit too excited sometimes to make a tackle. Sometimes I forget how fast. I think he forgets how fast he is because he clatters into players and he picks up yellow cards quickly. But he was brilliant. He is. He's still he's still learning, really, isn't he? Yeah. Given the contract, mate, I'd sign him up right now with that loan agreement because I think he's going to play the requirements he needs. That, that's what I was saying I was earlier. Just, I was just looking then to see, did, is he a loanee or is he a, a, a permanent? 
he's a loney, but he's him and him and uh, him and Eunice are loneys with with obligations to buy if certain requirements are met. And from what we could gather, I think um, Fabrizio said that um, he, they have to feature for sixty percent of the game season. Well, right. so far since they've come in, they've they've they've, they've featured every game, whether it's been off the bench or starting. So. Right now, my 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 mind. If you was ask me right now, do we make do we make that acquisition? Get him in because he looks brilliant. I mean, yes, he does. Yes, he does. And that's the thing is that Eunice. I mean, he hasn't featured probably as much as the others, but he looked pretty impressive as well, didn't he? Yeah, and he's versatile as well, Chris. Something mm. we didn't really think we'd see. He, he played. He plays on the right. He can go out on the left. He can play in that number eight role because he played that um, role. Was it against Liverpool? Created some yeah. great, you know, breaking plays when we had the opportunities. Not that there was many against Liverpool, but he was able to do it. But yeah, even he, I would suggest maybe he needs to see a little bit more of him. I'm. I'm not going to deny. I know Fatu got his first assist. Um, we need to see a bit of creation from him to, to, to get involved in that attacking sense. But early stages from what I've seen of him off the bench and, and when he's been afforded a start, for his versatility, I would be keen to make his move permanent right now from what I've seen of him. Yeah. And I think I would say, hi, Mike. Um, these players, they are, they are exciting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But they are young and yeah. at the moment they're ours. You know, I mean, Mavadidi... <laughs> Uh, permanent, um, you know, yeah. we've signed him, uh, ex Arsenal wonder kid. Uh, but all of these, like you say, that there were options to buy, and they're, they're so young again. If we can hold this team, and that's always the big if with Leicester, isn't it? Because we know whatever we do in the Premier League, we're never going to be a big fish. And every, I mean, even you know, even the so called big six, you know, they're not as big as the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas and they lose out. There's always a bigger shark out there, isn't there? But if yeah. we could hold on to these players, the team sorted for the next four, five, six years, do you think? Possibly, mate. It all, you know, they, they obviously, you know, the, the good thing about young players is the greed's not in them yet. Yeah. I know some young players, <coughs> Voldemort, French one, <coughs> get greedy and maybe only have eyes for big moves. Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat there. It was horrible. Sorry, I don't know if anybody heard what I said then, but <coughs> French yeah, Voldemort. We, I, think um, we got the, I think we got the gist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're hungry, they're ambitious, they want to prove themselves. And even if it's only for three seasons, Chris, that's, that's three seasons where they can rebuild Leicester's foundation and set them on the way for when they get moved on. For a potential fee, Leicester can go out and find another youngster. And 
look, I'm not saying that an older player isn't just as passionate and, and, and ability-wise, but another thing that benefits us, and I know it might sound a bit harsh to say it, but you get a youngster in who's 18, 19, he's probably going to want 40 grand a week, right? Maybe a signing on bonus and all that in the background jargon, but um, exactly, Gray. Uh, sorry, not Gray Fox is. Um, yeah, it's Gray. It is Gray. It is Gray. right. You know, the thing is, if you want to look at it from a financial aspect, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Forty grand a week. If you want to find someone with the effort and commitment and drive and passion of Fatuwu, you're going to be looking north of eighty grand a week for a 28, 26, 27, 30 year old player. I know Connor Cody hasn't done that, but he's, you know, he's, he's. He's a very sensible man. He knows the conditions of dropping down to the championship. But if we were to go up next season and not make these youngsters permanent signings, the ones we've got at least got the option to, yeah. uh, and you're then opening yourself to having to sign an experienced player like Burnley and Sheffield Wednesday United are trying mm. to do, and you're yeah. going to have to pay them more money. Yes. Uh, Paul, good evening. How are you as well? I would take both uh, the lone wingers. Uh, as soon as possible. I think that's basically uh, Brad was agreeing with that. Um, and I've got to say, Gray says here, uh, Cassidy, uh, not Cassidy, David Cassidy. <laughs> I Boxing think Cassidy. So what am I so afraid of? Um, part of the Partridge family, you may remember. <laughs> Good morning, guys <laughs> and girls. Um, Cassidy, not convinced of yet. And look, he, he was brilliant in the under-20s, Euros or World Cup, whichever it was, golden boot, golden ball and everything. Uh, he probably even got the golden dick if he's, he's Italian. But, you know, let's, let's, the problem is, is he that bad or is it just the fact that everybody else has been so bloody good? Well, he's probably the most unfortunate of our loanees. If you take out the fact that Doyle's unfortunate for getting injured, in that sense... He's probably the most unfortunate that I release because out of all the areas we chose to strengthen and add depth to, you've got this born again and Didi, who we thought was going and out the door and, and was going to shirt responsibility. We've got Kieran Jewsby Hall, who's really looking to make a name for himself and become a, a, a you know a, a, a long stay Leicester hero by the looks of things. You know, etch his name into into you know being one of our own, uh, and you've got Harry Winks. So, who's been, uh, you know, Mr. Reliable in that middle of the park since day, since day one of arriving. So, he's not finding it that easy to break in. I will say, though, he's coming off the bench appearances. You've mentioned this before. Some players are better at super subs than they are mm. starters. He impressed me when he came on because he held the ball up well. And when it was necessary, he turned and played the ball forward quickly and tried yeah. to get us in behind the line. So... He's getting there. We're allowed to have one that's taking a bit of time if the rest are all doing so well. Exactly. Uh, Gray says, uh, Wolf has silky skills. So I tell you what, mate, Wolf will be on Strictly Come Dancing next week with Twinkle Yeah, Tony. we're getting tens all around. Yeah, <laughs> he will. I mean, again, very briefly, because we did touch on this uh, at the weekend. Um we we were we were saying at the start of the season, like, oh, we you know, we've got so many games coming on, and is it is it and then somebody said, I think it was last week, that, well, it's only like being in Europe. But the games are becoming thick and fast in short, short droves. But we're not in the position where we play one player on Saturday, one on Wednesday, one on Saturday, one on Wednesday. We're almost in the point where we're playing one for 60 minutes on Saturday, 
and one for 60 minutes on Wednesday. One for 60. Well, there's a lot more interchanging, isn't there? Yeah, and that comes with some of the rules that have changed in football that are good. The five sub rule. I know people moan about it, but it affect. I don't understand why it actually benefits the smaller clubs than it does the big clubs. I mean, the big clubs get a chance to, you know, you know, showcase one hundred and twenty grand a week for five minutes here and there. But a, a, a club like Leicester and a club like some of the bottom half Premier League sides, as well as Championship side, it gets them to keep giving game time to and develop youngsters, and it encourages clubs to keep youngsters, develop them um, from within, because it allows them to to maybe have a game where the results dead and buried either way, and you could chuck on one of your promising youngsters and give them twenty minutes here and there, mm. or you're not having players feeling. Oh well, that's their eleven. He's. Oh, I'm never going to get in that team because I'm never going to get on the bench. Whereas now, because of the five sub rule, there's an opportunity there um, to do yeah. so. So I think it's great. No, I think it's great. Definitely, definitely, uh, and probably better that way. To be honest with you, um, we've been looking back for the last uh, hour. We're going to uh, look forward a little bit now. Uh, certainly to to to. to towards um, Wednesday's game, all it right after this. The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Okay, I don't know if Mike is still in, but just a question, Mike. How's Man United doing? Oops, did I again? Did I say that out loud? Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like that song. It's like that song, Total Eclipse of the Heart, isn't it? So now it's all falling apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worst start since Fergie nearly lost his job that season. Yeah. And, uh, they, and they thought David Moyes was a bad choice of manager. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Mike. Sorry, could not resist it. I'm sure you'll come back with uh, with with something. Could be worse. You could be Welsh. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> How bad does it get? Two for two, Chris. Two for two. <laughs> Preston uh, on Wednesday. Um, I mean, what they've had a good start, in fairness. I don't think that their hands are probably full of nosebleeds, uh, being this high. Were top. They lost the first game at the weekend. Was it 4-1 or something? I'm not sure. 4-0. 4-0 four nil. Four four nil nil at home. They were at home as well, Chris, which is... Um... Did they play? Uh, they played West Bromwich Albion. They uh, lost 4 0. Yeah. West Brom. Now, um, as you can see, they're sat there in third. Uh, only a goal difference of three. We've got the biggest goal difference in the league of 12. I think one of the teams got 10, and, which may be Ipswich, to be honest with you. And then everybody else is in single figures. Um, I don't know whether Preston are going to be there because they do this every season, don't they? They always uh, start well. And then kind of peter off towards the end. Um, but would you say this is going to be our toughest uh, test yet? Gray thinks there will be. Um, I don't know. You know, I, 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 you look at it on paper and it says, well, it's first versus second. But I think our biggest test, and I don't know when it is, and maybe this will give you a chance why I waffle on to look at the fixtures so you've got an idea what I'm going to ask you. I think our biggest, toughest test. And one team I think that will be consistently challenging us will be Ipswich Town. But as of, if you're saying out of the 10 games, so this will be game week 10, obviously, when we play them, 
out of the 10 teams we played, right, is this the toughest test? I think on terms of form, it has to be because until mm. until that defeat to West Brom, they were the only side in the championship still undefeated. Not even we've managed that and we're, and, you know, when we're top of the league. Um, but yeah, Preston maybe showed the first signs, potentially, of doing what they've done for the past three seasons. Started off really well. You know, got out of the blocks like a greyhound, but unfortunately, they've already caught the hair, and now the dog's not moving, and he's you know ripping the toy apart because a heavy defeat. And you know, one thing that we're seeing that I've always made a, a good point on here, and I say good point to be smug about myself. They've got, they've got, is that three draws, or is it no? Two draws. I can't see. Two draws yeah, got. two draws. Yeah. So that might be where they. they They've not wobbled as, as, as such at that point, but that's what's made us being able to open up a bit of a gap between us. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the second test. Um, yeah, so, it, well, home or away, yeah, I, it wouldn't really bother me. But I, I get your point. I, I mean, think, in terms. I think, for me, what we're looking at here is going to be consistency. Yeah, and I think Ipswich are probably the strongest one to have that because they've bounced back every time. I think you've only got four teams in my mind. Um, look, well, not in my mind. I'm looking at the table. But I would say there's only four teams, the top four teams, that have shown any consistency. Now, if you just bear with me a second, I will bring the table back up. He's uh, always got a bear with him, guys. I don't know where he keeps this bear and why it hasn't hit him yet. You don't know what my, what my bear is like. Um, but when you look at that, uh, you've got Leicester... Now, all these teams have played nine, uh, one eight, uh, lost one. Ipswich, seven, one, one drawn, one loss. Preston, six, one, two drawn, one lost. Um, Sunderland, five, one, one drawn, one lost. Now, those to me are the four that are, seem to be kind of not necessarily pulling away because Sunderland have only got the same number of points as, as Hull, but Hull. Have, play, have played obviously got played nine, one four, drawn four. You know, there's, there's only us four that seem to be putting decent runs together. Yeah, and I would probably, and I, I would still argue that that um, see, Sunderland had a dodgy start. Hull can't decide whether they're going to win or draw because, like you said, four wins, four draw, and I'm guessing one loss in that. Mm. Uh, I would still say, look, reading what you said there. Sunderland picked up because they didn't have the greatest start. Um, Norwich are starting to fall away. Um, Southampton are another one that have fallen away. They're having a torrid season. Mm. But I still would say only Ipswich the most consistent in there. Yes, I know Preston have got two draws and a loss. But that's if you look at their recent run of form, it's been a bit drop points. That's what's allowed us to open up the gap between us. And um, yes... Oh, sorry. sorry. Say Aaron sorry. says there, uh, Hull have only lost one, but yes, but Hull have drawn four. Draw, yeah, That's four draws. That's hot. Yeah. yeah, that that is what. What's that? That's two, four, six. That's eight points they've missed out on. Yeah, yeah. By not converting them into wins, whereas Leicester have gained them points by making them. Would have won those instead of drawing them. They would have been on the same points as us. You know. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not going on that they've only lost one game. What I'm saying is about teams that have put, you know, decent runs together, as in they've won five, drawn one sort of thing, you know, or, or in our case, you know, we, we, we haven't drawn any yet. And let's be honest mm. with you, 
it's it's the difference between one point and three. Yeah, it is, and it's something that I've I've praised us for this season. We we don't play for the draws, and I said it a few times against opposition. I said it against Bristol City, didn't I? I came on infamously at half time and said these are playing for the draw, and you know a couple of teams are going to do that against us because they're going to see it as the only way they can get something from us is to frustrate us. Hull did it well, and they got three points. I know on another day you could argue we'd nick something, maybe even turn the result ahead, but it didn't happen, and. You know, Huddersfield were another team that, yes, created a few chances, but realistically played for the draw. And until Mavadidi not made the goalkeeper, um, which was a bit embarrassing for the goalkeeper's union, but I was I let it off because it was for us, not against us. But they played for the draw, and, and, and that's that's something I like to see. If you said to me, Brad, at the end of the season, Leicester are going to play 46 games and there's going to be a zero in the draw com- column, I'm actually going to be really happy with that as long as the low, the, the L column doesn't have too many numbers in it either. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's better for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you know, like I say, if, if we can beat Preston and there's no reason why we can't, to be honest with you, I mean, yes, I think they are going to be our toughest so far simply because on paper they look the toughest because mm. they're third. That's the only reason. But, you know... Uh, they, you know, they have scored 13 goals. Uh, we've scored 18, but they have conceded 10. So they've only got a, a plus three difference. So they do concede goals. And if we can beat them, that's a seven point gap to third. I mean, how good would that look? Yeah, it would look good. And and and, and again, yes, yes, I know it's early days, but we're getting into that first quarter of the season. So it's not that early anymore. And yeah. It's a nice, healthy gap to have. And if you can keep that or even extend it by a couple of more points, going into the next international break, which is only a couple of games away, as you said, Chris, yeah, that suddenly, you know, suddenly we're in November. In a blink of an eye, we're in November. And all of a sudden you're thinking, God, Leicester are already out of touch at the moment because it's not a case of, oh, yeah, well, if we win three, we'll, we'll, we'll get up to them. You're asking Leicester to lose three and, I've not seen any sign of Leicester doing that in in, in the nine games to go on a run like Norwich and Southampton did. I'm sorry to keep bringing them to up, but they're the biggest, funniest example to make. Yeah, yeah, but no, exactly. And we are at some point, I know I said earlier, could, I mean, you know, when, when we won the Premier League, we were always like, we're going to drop off. We're going to, we know, but we never had a bad run, did we? I mean, yes, we're okay. We only lost three games. And we won a load of them just 1-0. But there was never a run of where we went four or five games, maybe getting three draws and two losses. There was no... I I think, actually, we did have a mini period where we drew with Bournemouth at home and Man City at home, possibly, where we had, I think it was December, where we we did. And then we came back and bounced back. Yeah, go on. It wasn't wasn't what you would call a blip. We weren't losing games. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't a disaster, yeah. And you know you you um, you know, and it's going to be great that if that blip does come, and we are nine, twelve points clear of third, we can ride that blip out almost. Yeah, and still stay like you. You know, you could have a if you've got that's the biggest thing in football. If you can build a gap. It's not so bad when that blip arrives. And that's what Leicester were looking to. Obviously, we hope not to have a blip. That'd be amazing. But if you say, like I said, if we can get to about start of December and we've got, like you said, let's say 12-point gap, and we don't have a great month in December 
or you know, we get a few draws and we maybe lose one and only win one game in December or something like that, that gap could still be seven or eight points come the end of it because they're yeah. going to drop points as well, those chasing us. It's it's a gruelling league for that reason. So, I think yeah, it, it's a, ideal. A big lead as well pre-January because we're going to have the AFCOM. Yeah, again, that, that'll be interesting, but that, that that's something that hopefully, like you said, we won't be overly worried about. In in terms of, A, we'll have Tom Cannon might have had a game or two under his belt. Mm. Uh, obviously, Vardy, hopefully injury-free. And and, and, and and then players will be missing, mm. will be comfortable with who's going to replace them for, throughout that period. And again, like you said, if we're in that comfort zone of, of, of a points cushion, I, I don't think we'll we'll be too phased by these periods that we're going to be know, without how, players. How long is the Afcon on for? I'm guessing a month, is it? A month and a bit. I think it depends when they get knocked out. Obviously, it would depend when yeah, we get certain sure. players back. But yeah. mid February, I think it's the latest the tournament ends. So yeah, it's it's between the January and and, it and, to come and a hell of a lot quicker than um, <laughs> than the World Cup does. Well, I think it's every couple of years, isn't it? It's like it? we have a major tournament every two years, technically, with the Euros and that. So I think it could be that. Right. Someone will crack me that knows it better. Here we go. 13th of January to the 11th of February. That's oh, so just uh, a month, then. It's literally is just, it's literally from. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just seeing what teams are in there Ivory Coast, uh, Morocco, Algeria, South Africa. Sen I'm just looking at teams that will affect us. Senegal, I think we've got uh, we've got a couple of Senegalese players. Um, no, I think we've got we've got Ghanaian, haven't we? Because Fatou no, no, was Senegal, wasn't that? Um, oh, Mendy. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. play for us anymore. So that's yeah. all right. Um, so we've got Zambia. Zambia, um, Dakar, obviously, if he yeah. gets picked. Nigeria, Nigeria obviously, we lose. Indeedy and your love child. Um, Ghana. Oh no, Ghana. Ghana doesn't affect. Ghana affects us for Fatawu, and it yeah. used to affect us for Amate. Yeah, Dave must be correct. So yeah, so Fatawu. Um, yeah, that might just be those three teams. To be honest with you. Yeah. So again, it's not the biggest dent in in, in it because you 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 know you've got Cassidy could go into the midfield for Indeedy for that time. We may also have Baybrook and Alves back, like Ant brought up for that position. I believe Alves can play on the wing, so but we've got a plentiful uh, plentiful wings, and we've got Vardy. Um, we've got Vardy and Tom Cameron Cannon to be there for up front and we may even sign another one just to make sure you don't know or maybe even Alvarez Fuck him. I would say Sikum Didi up front but obviously he'd be with Nigeria or maybe he'd do a pep and play with no strikers it worked for him didn't it <laughs> put my material <laughs> in there and just go for midfield just go for it exactly I'm just seeing if we could uh, if it's going to show me a list here but it's not really because I'm going for our team. Because let's let's do it. JJ is English, won't affect him. Connor Cody is English, won't affect him. Suchar's Australia, so it doesn't affect him. Um, I think he's a Belgian, to be honest. Yeah, and there's yeah. literally just on three, I think. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you what. Let me. I can uh, just for speed. If I go up onto the the men's map here, it shows me who they play for. Um, Danny Ward. I don't think we've got to worry about, have we? 
So we've got uh, none of the defenders, not one defender uh, in midfield. Um, we've got Indeedy. And up front, we've got um, Iheanacho, Fatua, and, and Daka. And to be yeah. honest with you, we're not going to be that affected, are we? No, no we're really Daka. not. We're not exactly going to miss him, are we? No, we're not. Although it would be nice, wouldn't it, if he had a little bit of a purple patch and then it's good for him to come it back in. Be. But... It would be, but, but it's not. That, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, we're it's... talking four players. So we don't got a, we've actually not got that much to worry about. No, no, we haven't. And, and only three of them are, well, only two of them are first team starters. I mean, Fatal is still getting in there. And it, even any Inacho's rotating with, um, with, with, with Vardy. So it's, yeah. like I said, it's, it's not the worst case. No. Um, and we've got January when we can possibly make a signing. Hopefully, don't lose too many players, but that's for another show. Um, I want to talk very quickly now um, about uh, some signings, about who we should be maybe offering contracts to and uh, who has been offered a contract and Craig pointed it out I think on your preview for the uh, game at the weekend uh, Hamza obviously we know he signed a new four-year contract so it probably mm. does mean there's a lot going on behind the scenes with Mr John Woodkin um, trying to tie some of these players down and I think Enzo saying hey, look I'm not really bothered it's not the top of my priorities is maybe just trying to divert the attention away from it. But Hamza, new four-year contract, deserved? Yeah, very well deserved. You know, he was one of them that you wouldn't have begrudged, thanks to a certain bell end, that Lily let go and, and, and decided he wanted to try and get his career back underway elsewhere. But he's committed to the cause. He's not put a foot wrong when he's played, whether he started. Again, showing his versatility, plays right back, yeah. plays, plays in the back, plays in the middle. So he's going to be pivotal, I think, going forward for Leicester, um, whether he's starting or on the bench and he's, he's playing rotation. So, yeah, very good to see that one of a shortlist, shall we say, of players that we're hoping get a new deal. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think so, and uh, and it's funny, isn't it, that as soon as um, uh, as soon as he plays well, you you know who drops him, and we never see him again, and he comes back. But he is a very versatile player. He does offer us that. I was going to say that bit of steel, but Winks isn't actually that that uh, inflexible, is he? In the middle, you know. No, uh, and uh, as Aaron says here. Uh, Enzo making players look better, which is better than Rogers downgrading players all last season. Very, very true. Uh, Hamza, true blue, says Gray. Uh, and it was great news, but he also says offload Dakar. You know, I, I, I don't want to get into a discussion on Dakar on this show, but I do think he does remind me a lot of Ian Acho. You know, he's, he wouldn't. Would we be saying about Ian Acho now if he hadn't that had that run in the uh, first team when Vardy was injured? Uh, back no, in, no, we, you know, no, so, we, we wouldn't. No, so I think we've got to sort of bear bear with Daka a little bit. We do know, you know, he has got he has got it in him. But look, look, look we talked about your love child. Let's talk about mine. Um, you know, if we're talking contracts, there's two players, and there's a lot of players that actually are out of contract. Ian Acho and also uh, Indeedy being two of them. Uh, I think the others that are out of contract, apart from the ones we're going to talk about, the likes of Smithies and what have you, they're, they're going to go. I don't think we, we, we'd be bothered if we lose them. 
this guy. Now, I I was making the taking the piss out of him as much as everybody else the last few seasons, and I, whilst I'm, I'm not actually falling in love with the guy, but I just think he was signed. <laughs> he was <laughs> shush. Uh, he was signed. By, <laughs> he was signed by a manager who didn't know how to use him, and God knows why that manager signed him. We all know the Rob Tanner conversation with with, mm. with Brendan. Um, but look, you know he's kept his place even when you know Cody would look like he was going to come back and therefore walk straight back into the team. Uh, it was it was your man of the match. Um, at the weekend um, against Blackburn. I mean, you know, he was getting his body in the way even when he was laying on the floor. But that's probably because he's six foot seven. Um, he still doesn't jump, but Enzo knows his frailties, but no pers- no player is perfect. Do you know what I mean? You know, and if you accept the frailties and say, but yeah, all right, he brings this 70% to the team, but it's 30% of it is awful, but I will put up with that 30 for the 70 um, sign him up, give him a new contract, would you say? Look, I have always said this, even about Mike, and I don't know if it ever came over to you guys in the chat. I don't know if you were able to pick up on it because I was very subtle about it. But even over my hatred towards Perez being an absolute useless Spanish donkey, I always stand by what I always said, and that is... If a player, whenever a player puts on the Leicester shirt and is, is being selected by the manager that you, you you will get my full backing. I want you to do well. I'm not going to be one of them that just because I'm not, you're not my favourite player, I'm not too keen on you, I want you to suddenly have a, a bad game and score four own goals. No, I, you play for Leicester, do bloody well, please, for the love of God. You know what? Humble pie, serve it me up, injected into my veins because I'm eating it for him. You know what I thought about him not leaving in January. I thought he was just a money-grabbing git. Might still be a little bit with his wages, but... That's something you could talk uh, I about. Down to the baby in January. Um, uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We we did yeah. discuss that, and I did say, okay, fair enough with one move um, to not go. But you know what? Like I said, new manager came in. If he's going to pick him and he's going to play, prove me wrong, Vestergaard. And so far, he's doing that job. Would he need to understand what his role would be going forward on a potential if we were to get promoted? I think he would. I don't think this style of play and his style of management changes just as we go up. I still think he'd be rotating. I still think he'd get game time. Whether it'd be a start or not, that's a future problem, not right now to be discussed. Mm. Would I give him a two-year contract? Yeah, I don't see why not. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out for him and he's still got a year left and we can try and offload him again. But... We have to make sure we do cut the wage. We have to make sure of that. I agree I mean, with... He was born in 1992. God, so I'm older than Vestergaard. 30, 33, doesn't it? How does Vestergaard look 42 and I'm I'm older? <laughs> no, he's 30, 32, isn't he? 32. Yeah, he would. No, he'd be 31, going 32 this next 30. year. Yeah. Um... So God, I'm, I'm older than Vestergaard. He probably wouldn't go longer than two years. Um, I mean, Gray said their Vestergaard Championship, not Premier. He played in the Premier for how many years with Southampton? And don't come back to me and say, yeah, but he let in nine against us and all that. We've let in five and six. 
you know, look at all the look at the the players that that we um, that let yeah. in six when we played Southampton. Vout Faze, for example. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's there's players there that that have that problem. Wasn't he wasn't the only defender in that team? All right, the other one was Bertrand, but he was only on for about ten minutes. But you know, he is a Premier League player because he's proved he's a Premier League player. They did not. Southampton did not get relegated on his watch. Let's just remember that. Now, yeah. if he's if he's thirty two now, going on thirty three this season, he hasn't obviously got long left in him. But give him a two year contract. Um, should he take a pay cut? That's up to him. At the end of the day, he oh has, yeah, yeah, he's accepted what we offered to him. Oh we yeah, of course. We could have walked away and went. No, we're not. We're not paying you that. We didn't. We said, this is what we'll give you. Or he said, this is what I want. And we've said, OK. Uh, so, you know, don't blame him for taking the money. And why should he leave? I mean, I, I, you know, he didn't want to leave because his wife had just given birth. 110% understand that one. And I'll back him on that one all the way. But I've also got to say, should he leave just because we're overpaying him? Why should he? Would you do no. that for your job? Well, I don't have one, but if I did, I wouldn't. No, no, you're yeah, right. You, yeah. You, yeah, no, you're right. You, you're right, though. If someone's willing to pay you that and you go and sign for them, why, why would you suddenly take it just because it seems the moral thing to do? It's not the case. Um, but... Is that I mean, why you day, I mean, camera, Gray? Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, that, that explains everything, doesn't it, Gray? Um, but in all honesty, right, I know Gray's saying he's not Premier League and the, the argument's there. Um, to made whether he, he's, he's got it in him now to do that. Because I know you're saying he was a Premier League player, but what do you need when you get back promoted, Chris? What did we need that saved our skins? Let's remember one important signing that Nigel Pearson made that saved his job and saved our season. It Robert was Robert Hooth. Yeah. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth as Meatloaf once. I'm sorry, saying. I thought you were asking me the question. Sorry, I didn't know. Well, I was in a way. I was in a way. You answered yeah. it. It was, one of the, it was one of them rhetorical ones. I was going to answer it anyway. But you're right. Yeah. It was Robert Hoof. We cannot mistake how vital it was signing Robert Hoof. Now, was Robert Hoof realistically a good enough defender to play four seasons for Leicester for however long he was there? Probably not. He had more legs in him than Wes Morgan. But we changed his partner for, throughout that season. And if you want to compare him to anybody, we get promoted and he becomes a rotation player. He becomes a defender that we play when we want to be two anchors and we want to pass the ball out from the back and get it up the field through the middle quickly. He's going to play in the Premier League. And then that second season, he becomes that dressing room, it, he becomes that dressing room leader. He becomes the experienced one who gets Ben Nilsson, another youngster working with him. He trains him, he develops him, he, he, he gets a new signing coming in that he wants to take under his wing. Why not? Why not have him here for two seasons and then he can go off into the sunset with his, with his wife and kids and go and either play in another country or another part of England or he can even retire. I would be happy for him to know his role going forward and what he'll get. We'll get what promoted. we will need, well, if we do get promoted, is uh, a squad. Yes, and exactly. We will be able to use that squad, not not a Brendan squad, where we have a squad of twenty five and fifteen that we'll actually use. We want players that we know can come on, and like you say, you know, and I don't know, you know, we we don't know exactly what he's on. Uh, he's certainly not on the wages Vardy is on. 
uh, and you could argue the contributions are pretty much the same mm. Um, mm. on that. But certainly, okay, moving. I mean, moving forward, how old is uh, Connor Cody? He's pretty much the same age, so we may have to look at the likes of Nelson uh, and Justin, what have you, becoming more the mainstays uh, and, and Doyle, you know, if we if we sign him. Um, so, but you do need those covers, don't you? You know, it's... yeah, you do, and you need them to play the part in pro in progressing these youngsters. You can't just you can't just say, oh, well, now you've reached thirty three. See you later, Vestergaard. See, see, oh, see you later, Cody, because you're too old. No, we need you to help get these players and continue their development because you you're just as integral. Right, there's a reason um, clubs do this, and what they do, and it's a thing you can do on on football manager games for all you computer gaming players that play that sort of thing. You'll know there's an option to ask one of your more experienced player to take a youngster under a wing and help him develop and help train him and, and give him your experience. I know it's a computer thing, and it's not the I same. I never thing. knew that, to be honest with you. They didn't when yeah. I play it you know <laughs> yeah well it's a it's a long way developed off of the early days of football manager games <laughs> hey i used to play them as well mate you couldn't do them i'm not i'm not saying you're old or anything like that i'm just saying the times are changing them games but you can say to your captain go on i want you to have this youngster work with you because you're basically saying i want you to pass your torch over it doesn't happen in six weeks it happens in three years so yeah. we need these players to still be there so when the time is ready for your vested guards and whatever to move on, mm. wherever that may be, whether that's doing a Christian Fuchs and continuing elsewhere or retiring, the likes of Nelson and Justin, and if we sign Doyle do on a permanent, him as well, mm. are ready to take that leap. Yeah. You know? I just want to take uh, Gray's point there. The problem with Loanies is that they leave more often than not. The, the reason I think a lot of, certainly over the last few few seasons, is that why our loanies have left is because um, they've been shit, to be totally honest with you. And yeah. when you look at the loanies that we've got in now, um, okay, Fatua um, and Eunice, I think, like you said earlier, Brad, they are on uh, loan with a, with a sign option. Uh, but you look at Cashaday. Now, let's say Cashaday comes good and he is this amazing player. The chances of him going back to Chelsea, or maybe it's different now that they've got, um, what's he called in, uh, Potocino. But in all fairness, he's going to look at that and he's going to go, I've just spent 12 months at Leicester. Fantastic club, decent stadium, a nice modern stadium. My God, what a training facility they've got. And I'm pretty much playing week in, week out, let's say they are. Mm. Uh, now, if I go back to Chelsea, are they really going to pick me? The reason the answer will probably be no, because mm. they don't want to pick somebody like that because they're going to want a name and they're going to go to AC Milan or they're going to go to, you know, one of the German clubs and they're going to pick by a name and pay £100 million for somebody like Lukaku that, that's absolutely rubbish. But that's how these clubs operate. It's very rare that they, you know, they get through. So they may actually decide to stay. But I'm going to make Boris stay. Boris is probably... Boris... Quickly go and get your uh, go and get your um, uh, Kleenex ready, Kleenex ready, uh, and we're going to be discussing your favourite player uh, straight after this. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. 
Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Give Vardy a contract until he's 40 at least, says Boris. But look, I'm going to hold my hands up here, Boris. Um, I watched him live, and it is different. Uh, it is totally different when you watch something on TV to when you see watch it at live at a match because you see, you see the whole pitch. You see what players are doing off the ball. And, you know, Vardy played the full 90 minutes in that game. Um, and to be, you could argue that was the game where our season really kicked on, if you like. Um, and I thought this would be his last season. And I think getting us promoted would have been a nice end to his 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 con, you know, his time at the club. Um, I mean, I'm just going to have a look, Brad. I don't know how old Vardy is exactly. Um, He's 36. He'll be 37 in January. 37. Um, do you give him an extension? Do you give him a season in the Premier League? Or is it really going to be beyond him at that point? Because watching him play, I'm honest with you, I don't think it is. He's still learning. He, Jamie Vardy is showing that you can actually te teach an old dog new tricks because he's developed, he's changed his role, he's changed his... Um, the way he plays. He's, yeah, his footballing brain is genius. I mean, the runs he makes for that goal... Uh, indeed, he telepathically put that ball in. There was, there was, there were. It was like training ground routine. Go and watch some videos, guys. That's all I'm saying. This is where I notice these things. The goals he scores in training are very similar to how he got the ball from. In, indeed, and I think indeed, the, didn't he? he said I put it in there, knowing Vardy's going to the end of it. Yeah, because that's what they work on in training. Funny enough, if you take what you do on the training ground onto a match day pitch, it tends to it tends to show on the on the pitch. And yeah. you know, you, you could say that about the first goal with the short corner. I mean, how bad have we been at both ends for corners recently? Yeah. And now we're scoring them. But in terms of Barney, for the exact same reason I say off of Vestergaard a new deal, I would with Jamie Vardy. Because let's just say give me a second, this is painful to say. But let's just say oh, I can do it. You can say it, Brad. Go on, say it. Let's say it. Come on. Let's just say we did lose Ian Acho. Oh, I got right. Okay. Are you, are you, are you, are you going to be all right? Oh, no. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. It's only hypothetical, Brad. You're only making this for a for a point. Not not that it's ever going to happen. Ian Acho's going to stay here for the rest of his life. But let's just say in another alternate universe, Ian Acho left, and and we got rid of Daka, and we had Tom Cannon, and obviously, unless we promote from within, we'd probably still need to sign another striker next season anyway, right? But let's just say that was we got to that point, right? Um. You need Jamie Vardy to still be there for at least the first two seasons. Assuming we stay up, we you know we go up and then we stay up. Yeah. For for two reasons. A, he still has that impact. Every, you ask any defender in the world, do they want to play against Jamie Vardy if he's still got it? They're gonna go, No, please don't put him on. Keep him on the bench so we don't have to take take up defending him because he's a nightmare. You know what he does on and off the pitch. He's he, he's brilliant. And 
something we maybe lacked last season, and for whatever reason, Belen didn't give him the right reins to do it. It's his leadership. So again, for the same reasons of developing these youngsters, we, let's say we make the transition and we've got Tom, we got Tom Caron and another youngster there with him, and, and, and maybe, maybe someone else. So we've got three other strikers. Even if Vardy doesn't play too many games, which still may be the case next season and the season after that, say he plays a handful of games, you're not signing him to potentially play a lot of games. You're signing him knowing that when his time on the pitch is done, he can still do a job in that dressing room. He can still encourage, motivate and pass on all that he's learned onto the next generation of Leicester City strikers. So, yeah, Chris, Sign him till he's 40. Yeah. Give Gray him the Kevin has, Phillips treatment. Why not? He's been begging for this. So just for Gray, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. A song has been so apt for a player. Mate, you better phone me and blow my phone up if he signs a new contract. We better go live as soon as it's announced. I'll get it. We'll we'll get Nacho celebrations out. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you know also he scored on National Nigeria International Nigeria uh, Independence Day as well? Did you know no, that? I didn't. Um so his goal against Blackburn came on the celebration of that. Oh, did it? All right, okay. Um, I want to say about Vardy because I can't, I can't disagree with anything that you say. Uh, I, I said Stanley Matthews, didn't I? He could play till the age of Stanley Matthews. Um, uh, maybe, maybe that's a little bit. But uh, look, um, I want to say, do you remember when we? Do you remember <laughs> when we signed a young? No, not so young. In fact, an old player that uh, had been playing in Malaysia. Tony Cotty. Tony Cotty, indeed. Uh, good player. Um, never won anything until he came to us, as it happened. And he was, I don't know who was as old as Vardy. I think he was in his late 30s. But, all right, we were playing two up front at the time, and that's never going to happen. All right, you yeah, know, we can forget two up front. That's, <laughs> You know, you know, if we go back far enough, we won the World Cup playing 4-4-2. Um, <laughs> but he played with Heskey. And what he said was that Heskey did the running. And you can check this. I think he actually said it on the interview I did with him, which is on the uh, uh, LTID TV site under the talk banner. Um, he said he let Heskey do all the running. And he just got into position. And Heskey used to say... I, I knew where he'd be. I knew he'd be there. If I put the ball in, I knew he'd be on the end of it. And he, that's what Cotty was doing. And I think it's the same with Vardy. Yeah, Tony Cotty was the pinnacle of Fox in the Box. You know, if that ball was in the six-yard box and there was a blue shirt near it, you didn't even need to look. You could say, Cotty's got this. And he was. He scored goals. I remember uh, the... Um, it was a funny old time, actually. I'm sure you'll remember it, Chris, and I'm sure most of you in the comments will. But I remember the semi-final at home against Sunderland. Yeah, with the penalty box, with the new grass was the weird part. But he scored all our goals in that, didn't he? He scored the goal at Sunderland, and he scored he scored the, the goals that won us the game in the semi-finals. And 
six yeah. yard box finishing was his it was his forte. I still I still remember that that uh, the first time he had a phone call. I, it wasn't O'Neill that rang him because I think O'Neill actually had to ring him. But I do remember he talked he talked numerous times about his transfer to Leicester and he gets asked about it every time. And he said at first someone rang him up and it must have been a representative that worked for O'Neill. He got a phone call saying hello and he went, oh, I'm so-and-so from Leicester City. Martin O'Neill wants to sign you in. To no exact words, but he kind of went, well, you piss off, that's a joke. He yeah. thought it was a joke because he was like you said he was playing football in Malaysia and then Martin had to ring him because he got told he goes well where's Cotton and he went I think he thinks it's a joke because he told me to piss off <laughs> so Martin rang him and thankfully he answered so yes yeah no I mean so yeah it, it, even in the Premier League you know it, it's uh, uh, you can't you can't I mean like you say I mm. think year maximum uh, for him. Uh, and also but, Marsh, Marshall and Claridge two other strike partners of Husky weren't exactly the youngest of um, no, players no, were they no, I mean oh, certainly Marshall was playing when Oldham were in the Premier League yeah. that tells you how old he was yeah um, just a couple of quick questions here and I can't find the one that I was looking for uh, I think it was Gray said um, question for the panel would Enzo have been able to uh, turn Perez's form round? No, that's an impossible task, I'm afraid. Not even Pep Guardiola could, could could turn Perez into a good player, I'm afraid. I mean, I don't know how he's doing at Bilbao, but probably just as bad or wherever he's at now. I mean, Real Betis, sorry, I think it is he signed for. Ouch, um, ouch, ouch. Do, sorry, do, I just... Do you not think, I mean, you know, no. I think... I think we could have seen another Perez. Do you think? Do you not think Perez could have suited this style more than more than Brendan's? No, because he's useless. Because he wanted, he'd have wanted to play in a role that's not his. He's no. I don't. I never understood Perez. Was so determined to play as a number ten, but he was crap at it. I mean, he, he didn't get in the Newcastle team, and Newcastle would die. Was he determined to play at number ten, or was that we always said? Oh, he's not a winger. He's not a winger. No. No, he always came out and said, oh, I'm, I'm a number 10, I, I, that's my, my strongest position. Mate, you didn't have a strong position. I mean, someone might tell me now that he's gone and got 13 goals for Real Betis. I wouldn't really care. I don't think he'd suit him to Leicester's play. And to be honest with you, as much as I'll ever love him for his, his sorry, deliberate handball... Sorry, I've just found it. It was Nate. Uh, yeah, as much as I will always remember him fondly for his, uh, his foot-to-hand uh, in, the, in the FA Cup winning goal... It's about the only thing he did of any note. I mean, seriously, Chris, ask me to name top five things that IOZ Perry did in his time at Leicester. Because I, I can't name you any more than that one I've just named. I really genuinely can't. Did, I, I think you're being unfair. I really no, do. I'm being perfectly fair. No, no, I, I think... Because would you not have been saying the same about Perez? Not about Perez, we're talking about Perez, about Vestergaard. Well, no, and the reason why, and this is how I get to cover cover myself here from all angles. I sense this was coming, mate. I was already ready for you for the finale of this question. And the reason is, is exactly what Rob Tanner said. Why did you sign Vestergaard knowing he doesn't fit into your system? He, Rob Tanner even said to him when he retorted to him, he goes, "Yes, he will. I'll find a way through." He goes. But he's a ball-playing defender. You don't want ball-playing defenders. You want somebody who can run through the midfield like <coughs> French Hold <Holden. coughs> And while Faze can, you don't want 
somebody like this. Why have you signed him? He's not into your system. Vestergaard at least fits the Enzo way. Somebody will hold on to the ball, doesn't mind doing it, doesn't mind waiting for people to come to him, and then pass it wherever it's free. Whether it's to Hermanson, whether it's to JJ, whether it's to Winks going forward, he can do it. Vestergaard is the player that suits the manager, and sometimes that's great for players. Sometimes the player goes, "Oh God, not this style of play," because I can't play that way. And, and then, you know, that's the that's the dark side of football with, with, with managers. We know that's the downside to it. But Vestergaard plays Enzo style. Paris was just pants, mate. I'm sorry, he just what he. Heart and soul, bless him, he had it in abundance. I know he really wanted to be a good footballer, but he was just pants. Before he joined Newcastle, he was being tapped up by Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah, but they also once signed Thomas Graveson, Thomas Graveson, and 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 and, and that the Traore who uses baby oil. So what does that tell you about the scouting at times? So they've not always got it right themselves, these big clubs. I mean, they've signed players desperately just to get in a cheap option. Didn't they sign that Martin Brathway who used to play for Middlesbrough and got dropped by them and wasn't in the game? So, <laughs> OK, then, not all their signings. 12 goals in 80 games for Leicester. Uh, Nate what? is saying uh, five goals, two assists in 30 games. I'm looking at 23 games. Uh, on here um, for, for, for Betis. Uh, I just, I'm not saying he would have done. I'm not saying he would have done. But then again, if you can turn Vestergaard into one of our best players, a player that you gave man of the match to at the weekend from, from where we were with him, I, all I'm saying is he might have been able to do something with Perez. I'm not saying he would have done. I'm just saying he might. Okay, okay then. Perez might have scored another goal to his Leicester tally against Burton Albion. There you go. That's as good as it's going to get, mate. That's as good as it's going to get for you. I can't convince you otherwise. We'll, we'll mm. never know. We you know what? Know. I, I'm we'll not. I, 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 I reckon you'd have got a better shot of getting something out of Vicente Diabate under Enzo than you would Perez. Uh, no, nothing. Can, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. As bad as Perez was, Diabate was 10 times worse. Um, well, I don't know. Three, what was it? Five games, two goals? He's got a better goal ratio. Yeah, but that was against Peterborough. They're both of the goals. <laughs> true, true. I don't care. No, but, you know, I've, I've just sensing my hatred. It's just flowing through me right now. Chris. All right. <laughs> Brad, we're going to call it a night. It's a night. There we go. We just did. Thank you so very much, mate. Uh, it's, just been, it's just been just the two of us. Uh, Just the two. <laughs> we will be back on Wednesday um, when we will be doing this. Um, so we will be doing the watch along, and you'll be joining us hopefully as normal pre, during, and after. Uh, you sound a bit like a tampon, but there we go. Um, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, but <laughs> don't, don't worry. Guys. I hope I'm not painting the town red afterwards. No, so, no, so no. Don't, don't worry. It's just a period he's going through. <laughs> Sustaining my career. Oh, for God's sake, why have you got me involved? Uh, I'm not going to string you along anymore. Um, no, I'll pull you along. We will be live from 7 o'clock on Wednesday. My God, you always manage to keep the conversation down. I know, right? <laughs> and if this happens, it might be off air by after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boris apparently says tickets are still available. Uh, 
And Nate says, um, great show as always. Take care, everyone. Uh, and Gray says, great show, guys. See you Saturday. Uh, no, we're not going to see you Wednesday, mate. You're not coming around for the hospital. No, he's out. He's out. He's having a bit of a... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. See you um, Saturday. Mate. Yeah, Gray, Perez couldn't score in two brothels. <laughs> well, he couldn't uh, score in the brothels if he owned them. Yeah. But look, um, tell us very quickly before you go about the old WSL. Yeah, so the WSL, as you as we mentioned at the start of the show, got off to a flyer for the Foxes. There were four star Foxes, uh, top of the league. They beat newly promoted Bristol City uh, away at Ashton Gate. And um, yeah, if you want to check out WSL content, and, and, and mainly it'll be about Leicester, but obviously I'll try my best to touch on the weekend's results as well once I get into the flow of things. But go and check out LTI TV too, where I did do a post-match there Sunday evening. So go over there. Give it some love and subscribe to it if you haven't already. And yeah, hopefully if I can sort something out, all things being well, we will have our very first women's WSL watch along on Sunday, the 8th of October, where Leicester will be at home taking on Everton, looking to make it two weeks in a row uh, top of the table. Yes, they are top of the table like the men as well. And hopefully making it with doing that, making it two weeks. And of course, Hopefully, I will start working on it uh, in the background, as I have been doing. We will be, in between weeks, being able to bring you quizzes as well. Yeah. And, Boris, don't be sexist. That's naughty. Um, thank you so very much, Brad. This has been Lester Till I Die. Thanks to everybody that's subscribed. Thanks to everybody that's been in the chat and joined in. We're going to see if we can get it right this week. Uh, I I, I don't really hold out much hope, I'm going to be honest with you. But join us on Wednesday at 7 o'clock for the watch along. But tonight, it's good night from me. It's good night from him. Yes! Well done. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.